welcome to the Dearly Woven podcast. I am your host, Casey Dow. This is the podcast where we dive into the stories of shepherds and makers. So if you love all things sheep and wool, then this is the podcast for you. Hey there, everyone. I have a special treat for you this week. I am bringing you my first in-person video interview. I was so honored to meet up with Ashley Hoffman at her farm here in Virginia, where I got to do a sit-down interview with her and talk all things fiber and sheep, specifically fin sheep, and she showed me around her studio to see all the beautiful fiber her sheep produce and the gorgeous things that she makes with it, and then we got to go out to the barn and meet her alpacas and beautiful flock of fins and the most adorable little lambs. So here on the podcast, you'll be able to hear the sit-down portion of the interview, but if you would like to hear the whole interview and see her amazing farm and the precious little lambs, head over to my YouTube channel, also named Daily Woven, and I will have it linked in the show notes as well. All right, let's get straight into this fun interview with Ashley. Start off with how you got started with sheep and your love of fiber and sure uh, actually I'll start off with do you consider it a fiber farm yes Actually, okay yes definitely okay. yeah we're our primary main focus is fiber okay um and we have the fin sheep um as well as a couple alpacas um the alpacas we use in a 4-h program and then I have them as blending fiber essentially and the fins are my main focus um, so right now I have about 20 ewes and 10 rams um, <laughs> they're hard to give them up they are hard to give them up and they're easy you know they don't they don't um, they're not hard keepers and they just kind of hang around so that makes it super easy and we are in the middle of lambing and we've got 12 babies now. And I basically just started, my sheep stemmed off of my love of fiber um, and kind of wanting my own source of fiber. So I experimented with different breeds. I had a couple baby dolls for a little bit. Um, I had some Winsleydale Lincoln crosses and then some pure Winsleydales. And the after the baby dolls is when I had gotten some fins. I had a little breeding trio. And then I added in some Winsleydales um, Cotswolds, um, the Winsleydale Lincolns, and throughout that I had my fins and everyone else has gone away and my fins have stayed. So now um, I just have the fins and I love them dearly. They're just an amazing breed, not only with the versatility of their fiber, um, but also the versatility of the animal themselves. And it's nice having 4-H kids to the house and we can walk through my ram field and I don't have to worry at all about them. And they're just really nice ambassadors for sheep in general. They're just really good people. (laughs) Now, what... What did you start off with, like, fiber? Like, how did you get into the crafting, and what yeah. was your first, like, spinning or knitting? So, I started crocheting, um, and I got pretty good at that, um, but I got bored with it, and I wanted to make my own yarn. Um, so, I started spinning, and I'm self-taught. I taught myself through YouTube videos and tutorials and books and what have you. I also weave, and I kind of stumble through knitting. Um, I can knit and purl pretty good and <laughs> make a tube. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I just don't have the patience for the more complicated 
like socks, you know, (laughs) the tedious little, yeah, yeah. I just want to mindlessly, you know, Mm -hmm. do, but I'm, I'm working on that. Um, but my love is spinning and weaving and the fin fleece fits perfect in that because you have some animals that produce a, uh, fiber that is next to skin soft. And then you have others that are perfect for your warp and your weaving. And so it, it really, they're just kind of the whole package for me. So do their fiber then range from like a, a big range then? Yeah. Um, so with the fin breed, the, uh, focus within the breed standard is on the maternal qualities for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, they're known for their large litters of lambs. We've had up to five on my farm. Um, <laughs> but I have no others that have six or seven. Yeah. Um, and so the primary focus of that breed standard is the maternal qualities. Um, how many lambs they have, uh, you know, being able to produce milk for those lambs, um, the body to be able to carry those lambs. Um, so it's not as focused on the fiber. So from flock to flock, you have shepherds who, um, say are more commercially focused and are producing a really maternal ewe for a commercial flock. So their fleeces may not be at the forefront of their breeding program because that's what works for them. Whereas you have other shepherds who, um, do focus on the fiber as well as those maternal qualities. And then you'll have a finer fleece or a different crimp style from flock to flock. Um, so you do get a wide variety of fleece types and softness from flock to flock. With all those babies, <laughs> do they tend to be able to feed them all? Yeah, so um, I, with my breeding program, I like to keep ewes that can feed their their lambs. Right now, I have um, my girl Splash, who just had quads. And in the past, historically, she feeds them all. Um, I am kind of um, a helicopter shepherd, if you will. Um, And you kind of have to be because, um, you know, those little babies are tiny when they come out. I was going to say, they have to be teeny. They're tiny. That big. Sure, sure. And so there'll be like four and five pounds. Um, And so they're these little itty bitty nuggets and everybody gets weighed at birth. And then I keep track daily for at least the first week of the weights. And that way I can notice any subtle changes, anything that needs attention that's starting to happen. And then I do um, also occasionally supplement, if you will. So like with my quads, the first couple days I'll go down with a bottle and just kind of, is anyone hungry? And also using that information plus my weights, I can kind of see if someone is lagging behind and then I can intervene before it's an issue. So nine times out of 10, yeah, they feed them. Um, but I don't want anyone to lag behind. So I do, I do watch. And if, if need be, if they need help, then I'll assist them. And do they do pretty well lambing them all by themselves? They do. Have you had to assist at all? Yes. Yeah, I have. Um, you know, when there's that many babies trying to come out, I just feel um, like yeah. in my mind, I just feel like they're all like intertwined into yeah. them. And they, <laughs> they definitely can be. And, and there's, there's times where you have to kind of go in and, you know, it, it's kind of like dropping a scanty yarn on the floor and, you know, it's just kind <laughs> of a tangled mess. <laughs> yes. But for the most part, I like to keep my use that, um, don't have any trouble. And right. that's the best part where you can go down, pull up a chair and watch them do their thing. Right. Um, you're there to help help if something happens and occasionally things happen. Um, but for the most part, 
They've got it. They know how to so sheep cool. better than you do. <laughs> right. It's better to be hands off and just exactly yeah, supervised. Exactly. As your as your flock developed and everything, and you moved to spinning and and weaving and like, what are your goals now for your farm? Yeah. So um, definitely to continue raising breeding stock and having breeding stock available for other shepherds. I do sell a lot of like starter flocks with mm -hmm. my lambs. Um, so when I am kind of formulating my breeding groups, I like to keep in mind having multiple smaller groups and that way I'm able to create the perfect starter flock for someone with an unrelated ram lamb, a couple, you know, unrelated ewe lambs. And it also gives diversity and I'm able to kind of, um, Instead of just using one or two rams a year, I can use three or four right. or even five, and I'm able to see those different combinations of genes and what they produce. Um, so definitely my love is, is in breeding. And then as far as fiber goes, um, just continuing to breed for a really fine uniform fleece, increasing the rate of gain in my lambs. Um, so that they're growing big and strong and fast. And, you know, of course, a bigger animal is going to give you a bigger fleece yield. Um, so it kind of all snowballs into, you know, having the ideal flock for me. So that's kind of, I'm just kind of, I guess, further improving upon what I have. And, and they come in lots of colors. They do. Too, so. They do. Yeah. And we've got a wide variety. Of course, you have your white um, and black and brown. Um, and then there's patterns of those colors. So you can have a black or brown piebald, which is like spotted. And I have some lambs now that are super spotted. Um, and then you have your badger face, um, where it's either black or brown on their underbelly, haunches, and down their legs and their kind of neck and chest. And then they have the badger face pattern on their face. And then their body is, if it's a black badger, then the body is kind of a silvery white. And then if it's a brown badger, it's more of maybe an oatmeal, you could say, kind of colored white um, across the body. And then there's head sock tails. Um, and that can, <laughs> that can be either brown or black. Um, so it'll be either a brown or black body. And they'll have some form of white on their head then their socks, so on their feet, yeah. and then on their tail. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then of course you can have solids too. Right. So yeah, there's there's a wide um, wide variety of color for everyone, and that can also be really fun. Um, also, when coming up with breeding groups, because right. you know mixing these genetics with this genetics could give you potentially these colors or patterns and. So it can be really exciting with different combinations. Do you ever have like a color in mind? Like, oh, they're going to have this color baby yes. and then it's a total surprise. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And with the multiples, you know, oh, you, you, you get a wide variety. I've got one of my ewes had triplets the other night and one of her babies is kind of a, um, he's black based, but he's got little white splotches on him. So he's piebald and then a badger ewe lamb and then another ewe lamb that is all black with just a little bit of white on her face and, and her feet. Um, so you can get wide varieties. I've got um, another set of triplets and one of them is brown badger and then you've got black badger and um, so it can you can get a lot of different you know color skittles in your rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, 
do you mostly process it all yourself or do you send any to a mill? Yeah, so um, I used to process all of it myself. Um, and that, as my numbers have grown, that gets really daunting. And I just, I don't have the time in the day to be the best shepherd I can, but also process everything. So I hold back some um, that I process myself and then I've got a really good mill that I work with and I get it processed primarily into roving and some into bats. Um, and then any yarn I produce is hand spun by me. Okay. And when they go to the mill, do they separate by color for you? Um, it depends. Okay. So, um, they're really amazing and creative there. And there's been times where I've said, work your magic, right. you know, and, and they've come up with some really awesome combinations that I would have never thought to put together. Um, different swirled rovings and um, different blends. And then other times um, where I've said, hey, can we do this or this? Or can we just leave these by themselves? And um, so they're really wonderful to work with. Yeah, I've heard of some shepherds where they'll send it to the mill and they'll be like, okay, the sheep's name, you know, is Barbara. Can yes. you just process hers yes, by herself exactly. and hers by others? Yes. And they'll, they'll say, you know, my mill will do it, but they probably hate me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but I can see where, especially if you have a small flock, yes. where that would be pretty special to have it, is. it singled out. It is. And it, it's nice, I think, too, for fiber customers who don't have sheep in their backyard to be able yeah. to get some roving and say, oh, this is Frederick's and here's okay. a picture of Frederick. And, you know, so you can kind of spin that roving and, you know, have a connection to that animal right. still, which yeah. is really special. Yeah, I think too, especially, you know, the big movement of farm to table yes. and now it's like farm to yard. Yes. And that yes. connection, I can, yeah. And um, do you have like a sheep who produces your favorite fleece consistently? I have a couple. Um, <laughs> I have my favorites, you know, for personality and, right. and, and things like that. And then, you know, and, and I've got a couple different types of, of fleece types um, in my flock. So I've got ones like Willow who she's got a more open fleece. Um, so it's not that super tight, like merino crimpy, um, type fleece, but it's a nice open fleece and just the coloring and the depth of color within her natural fleece. I used to dye a lot more than I do now. And now I'm, I'm primarily, um, kind of obsessed with these natural colors. And <laughs> so that's really fun. And then, um, last year, Era, she gave me triplets and it was two U's and a ram. So the little ram is cowboy. Um, and I just got back uh, some roving from the mill. And it was cowboy and dateline and then mixed with some alpaca, I believe. But I called it cattle drive because it's awesome. primarily cowboys. And he's he's brown. He's like your spotted cow, except it's brown instead of black with spots. Okay. Love his fleece. Um, he's got these awesome little locks um, with some really nice crimp to it. And he's just got luster for days, which oh. I love. These guys, the fins have luster that kind of rivals the long wool's luster, oh, okay. which is amazing. And then his two sisters, Sugar and Maple, they're brown badgers. And just the fleece growth that they've had. I mean, in six months, they had a four almost five inch fleece. Wow. Which was amazing. And they've got just these these gorgeous little locks that kind of repel VM and they just have awesome luster and I just love to part well they're naked now, but I love to part <laughs> their fleece and just look at it and yeah. you know, 
see how it changes from day to day with growth. Um, so I would definitely say those those three, that set of triplets, they've got some awesome fleece. And do you shear once a year? Yeah, so um, I shear before lambing, and then in the fall before breeding, we do crutching, where okay. it's just kind of yeah. cleaning up the backside. Last year, I sheared in the fall before breeding. I had some issues with some cockle burrs and some things in the mm-hmm. field that I just needed to kind of start new. And um, so I ended up before lambing this year, I said, you know what, let's just, even though some of them were only like a three inch fleece at that point, I said, let's just shear everybody, get everybody on the same, same schedule. And so now that I have those oddities fixed out of the field, then I shouldn't have issues going forward. So then I'll, I'll get back on my yearly just before lambing and then crutching in the fall. So can their fleece change? I mean, I know like the quality can change sure. over time. Does the coloring change too yes, as well? Yes, it can. Um, I have a ewe named Cotton. She, when I got her, I bought her from a friend um, and she was essentially black head socktails. So she was primarily black and then she's got a little bit of white um, here and there like on her feet and her head. And as she has gotten older, I believe she's three this year. As she's gotten older, um, she's graying. Uh-huh. And... It's really neat because she has um, areas of of like grain where it's going white and then other areas where that black is actually breaking to like brown. Oh, wow. So when she's in full fleece, it it looks really neat. It almost looks like her black is kind of melting away in areas, which is really fun. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, do you want to show me like yes. some of the examples yes. and things you've made? And Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> okay, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the sit-down portion of my interview with Ashley. Now, if you want to see Ashley's studio, flock of fins, and some super cute baby lambs, head over to my YouTube channel, which, like I said, will be linked in the show notes below, as well as Ashley's social media and website. All right. That's it for this episode. Until next time. Take care and keep creating with fiber. Hey.